Welcome to the debut podcast of Houston Holla. My name is Lance Edwards. I'm joined with Joey Wyatt hey right yo. here at Wild Wing Cafe in Katy, Texas, off of West Green. This is kind of our home, away from our homes, which both survived this past winter storm. We'll get to that in just a second. Joey, we're ecstatic to bring you all the news you want to know, all the topics you want to talk about, whether it's food, beverages, and most importantly, sports right here in the city of athletes h-town city athletes baby that's what we do that's who we are houston texas football basketball baseball volleyball soccer even you know we're gonna bring it to you at every level wherever we can uh if there's an athlete you want us to recognize locally in the city uh shoot us an email uh hit us up on one of our social media pages and we'll give you the links to those uh, one of the first things I wanted to touch on today, Lance, was uh, obviously the winter storm this past week, which impacted three million people in our city. And, uh, you know, out of those three million people, there were several dozen thousand who had just extreme damages to their homes. And uh, it was something that we probably weren't prepared for, whether that we're not used to. Um, and what I wanted to touch on about the winter storm, first and foremost, I hope everybody out there is doing okay, getting back on their feet. Um, when our city goes through one of these disasters, natural health pandemic, whatever it is, we've been through our fair share of hurricanes, winter storms, pandemics. Our city as a whole, Houston, we come together very well uh, in, in times of need for our neighbors. And I think that that just describes who we are as a city. Uh, so guys, knock on your neighbor's door, ask them if there's anything you can do to help, check on them. And let's just keep being us because I think I think the way we come together in time of need as a whole uh, really sets a great example for the rest of the country on how we should just work together. And we are not enemies. We are friends, guys. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty upset. You know, I couldn't find milk for my friends at the grocery store. Wild Wing Cafe wasn't open, so I couldn't get chicken wings <laughs> and beer out here from you, Joey. Um, but I did get to play golf on Sunday, so my sanity, you know, still exists. I got to let out some steam. Yeah, man. And, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, when the news of this storm was coming in and the grocery stores were getting flooded and shelves were drained. <laughs> What's wrong with people? Yes, I was I was the one. Come on, guys. It's getting cold outside. What, why, what are we doing here? You know, with the, the uh, pandemic, shelves were stocked with food, but there was no toilet paper. I go into the store the other day. There's crap load of toilet paper and no food and i was definitely running my mouth a little bit and came back to bit me in the ass because i got four kids and we don't have any milk or eggs all i gotta say is freezer space you gotta have your chicken noodle soup chili and leftover gumbo in those storage containers and you gotta have them ready to go for when the power goes out yeah man we uh <laughs> <laughs> we always pull those out man and just warm them up we honestly went out back and just put all of our food in the snow yeah, it definitely worked. It's pretty funny. I guess every other radio show that I listen to around the city, everybody is now promoting Generac, Generac, Generac. Fortunately, my folks have a Generac out in Fulcher. Um, I was able to stay warm for a brief time, but I was really fortunate. I only lost power probably a total of 18 hours out of the entire fiasco last week. So, as you said, shout out to everybody, all those you know, frontline linesmen with the electrical companies that got the power back and in store. I think between Wednesday and Thursday, 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. in a 24-hour time period, Houston went from 1.4 million households without power to about 47,000. I believe that was the report I saw on KHOU. So shout out to all the news channels for keeping us informed. And uh, guess what? 
while that was going on, the Rockets were sucking. Eight-game losing streak now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the common denominator there is that there is no Christian Wood. And if we're going to get on the topic of the Rockets, uh, in my personal opinion, uh, what would be in the best interest for the team is for these guys to just go ahead and, and – Trade, trade the vets, get the value you can out of them. Because, you know, right now on the books, as far as numbers, we've got John Wall, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, and Victor Oladipo. Uh, that's exactly $100 million on the books this season between those four vets. I've got nothing against any of those guys. I actually like all of them a lot. I've always been a huge Victor Oladipo fan. P.J. obviously goes out there and plays just with fire and with heart every single night. He doesn't fill the stat sheet, but what he does goes beyond that. John Wall is John Wall. He hadn't played a game in 780 days, something like that, before he came into the season. And he has played well. He has not played like him, his old self uh, in any aspect. And Eric Gordon's Eric Gordon. I've always had mixed feelings about the guy. I like him. I think he's a great dude. But he either goes 12 for 13 or 2 for 22. And, you know, I, I feel like this is a rebuild. And I feel like maybe the organization coming into the season, they – it was a lot really fast and they've kind of tried to put the fact that this is a rebuild on the back burner and I I think in my opinion the best thing to do would be to give coach Silas a fair shot at actually building this thing for the ground up let these vets go trade them away see what we can get for them and just give coach a chance uh Victor Oladipo is going to walk at the end of the season if we don't trade him now we'll get nothing for him so I just feel like they need to make some moves right so you know you mentioned Wood he'll come back maybe this season uh, he will be a bright point for the future, a great building block, a good foundation spot. I think you need to take in consideration those four names, Wall, Tucker, Oladipo, and Gordon, and possibly keep two of those guys around, uh, maybe ship three. I think John Wall can contribute as a great veteran leader in the future. I think his explosiveness on the court is starting to show up. Um, he just doesn't have much talent around him, kind of the same complaint the beard had when he was here people just aren't knocking down shots Eric Gordon can't hit the side of a barn right now I mean he's absolutely awful PJ Tucker he's a glue guy right definitely a glue but guy there, but there's so he's many dang gum pieces in the Rockets right now that there's not enough glue to go around to even put that mess together so you know Tucker maybe get him out of here maybe he can go play for a championship team love to see that guy potentially get a ring even if it is somewhere else there's been a few whispers out there right now about the Lakers uh, thinking about a trade package for P.J., so that's somewhere I'd like to see him go. He definitely deserves it. But the big guy inside, where I guess who loves to shoot three-pointers, who's no longer a Houston Rocket, is Boogie Cousins himself. Yeah, officially released this morning. So about four days ago, uh, they guaranteed the rest of his $2.3 million contract. So I thought, all right, sweet. Boogie's going to get more playing time. Boogie's here to stay for this season. And you know what? After coming off back-to-back season-ending injuries, uh, he definitely doesn't look like his old self, but he has played way better than I thought he would. Yesterday, there was rumors going around that the Rockets were releasing Boogie Cousins. We get Coach Silas come out saying, no, those are all rumors. This morning I wake up, I have four notifications, Boogie Cousins officially released. I mean, that's the way it rolls, man. It's the, the misinformation of the popular information, of the Twitter information. Social media, man. <laughs> Social media. It's like the old time when Kevin McHale found out that he was getting released and fired through social media. 
That's poor the way Ke- it's going to be. Poor Kevin. That wasn't his. Uh, that was, he, he started, of, the, started the season four and seven. It was one of the funniest moments I think I can recall as far as media snafus. Um, so my argument here is I like John Wall. I'd love to keep him around. I'd love to just kind of get inside Eric Gordon's head and tell him to stop shooting 35-foot three-pointers because the dude can go between the legs, off his left knee, switch hands in midair, kiss it off the glass, and knock down 10 crazy layups in a row and play decent defense, but he just doesn't have the mindset to just take it inside when his outside game is struggling. But maybe Silas can, you know, get that out of him. And what are they paying him, like $15, $20 million uh, a year? His, his salary this year is $12.97 mil. Uh, and you know, that's a lot for a guy that's, like, shooting 10% from three. It's a lot. But like you said, it was, it was a problem when James was here. The pieces around him were always good but too inconsistent. And, you know, I like Eric Gordon. It's kind of funny, though, watching him try and drive the ball. Uh, the guy's the most unathletic person ever he looks like an eighth grade math teacher trying to uh pick up a basketball for the first time I like the guy I just think it's time to shed some salary somewhere so like I said we could give the coach a fair shot at building this thing from the ground up so let me ask you this say hypothetically wall sticks around and like I said probably Gordon sticks around say Oladipo's gone Christian Wood comes back Boogie's now gone PJ Tucker's gone so with wall Wood and Gordon who are you looking at as far as drafting goes? Because you know the Rockets are poised to have not only a top 10 pick, not only a lottery pick, but maybe even a top five pick or better. And you know once that ball pops out of the little machine, the Rockets could end up with even the number one pick. Check out these names. you got Cade Cunningham at Oklahoma State, Evan Mobley out at USC, Jonathan Kaminga, who I don't know a lot about, but you said he was a Huntington prep kid. He did not go to college. He's in the G League. Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga, who I absolutely love as a basketball player, and Scotty Barnes from Florida State, who's just a big point forward. Um, who, out of those names, is, is there one that sticks out that you want the Rockets to draft to be a, to be a teammate, a go-to guy for John Wall? Obviously, you need a leader on the floor. You need somebody that can lead that offense. And if we're talking about John Wall, man, like I said, I like the guy. I just can't justify the 42, 43 mil a year. So I think we need another floor general out there. Um, Maybe a Jalen Green or a Jalen Suggs, uh, point forward, someone that can handle the ball, uh, play off the ball with John if we're going to keep him. Uh, We we need some young guards in the backcourt out there. So I'd like to see one of those guys. In Cade, the top five. Cade Cunningham, I mean, he has the clutch gene. Um, he's a Dallas area guy. He's a Texas State champion. He just, to me, is not as polished as Jalen Suggs, but at the same time, night in and night out, Oklahoma State's playing much better competition than Gonzaga is as they just beat Texas Tech last night in an overtime thriller. Cade dropped 20 points in that game. Uh, I think the Rockets could get away with maybe – Suggs or Cunningham and maybe a third option would be Scotty Barnes I just don't see Scotty Barnes being as big of a number one option to go alongside a guy like John Wall um the 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 terrible part is you gotta find another guard to play with one of these guys if you do draft a guard I do think Kate Cunningham is going to go number one overall so we can talk talk hypothetics here the guy's got great size for a point guard he's 6'8 6'9 I think two 
22, 25. So the guy's obviously got great size for his position. Uh, he can bully the smaller guys driving through the lane. Uh, excellent wingspan, right around seven feet. Uh, I think areas of improvement for him are uh, he lacks a little bit of explosiveness uh, coming from a standstill. Uh, so that's something he could work on maybe. I just don't see us uh, realistically having the number one pick. I think ultimately what Tillman will look at is who's going to sell jerseys, right? I think you can't go wrong with a Suggs or a Cunningham. Uh, I'm not saying the Rockets are going to get the number one spot. Yeah. But like I said, once those balls pop out, I mean, it is a lottery for a reason. Maybe the Rockets and the city of Houston can get a little lucky and maybe get that number one spot if they do finish in the top five and have the most balls inside the rotator. It, it is a uh, it is a three-point shooting league now. People love Flash. Flash sells jerseys, and Jalen Suggs is definitely a very streaky shooter. He gets hot. He gets hot, man. So I think that would be the Rockets' best bet in the first round, especially at the pick he's going to fall to, probably three, four, five. And I think he definitely fits the areas that we need to improve and probably build on uh, with somebody to build chem chemistry with Christian Wood. I think for a sports fan in Houston, the winter weather kind of came at a perfect time. I can finally sit back and say, you know what, I could care less about the Rockets right now until they do start their re official rebuild. Don't hurt my heart like that. I mean, huh? man, I look, I'm the same as you. I used to sit up late every night listening to Calvin Murphy watching them on AT&T Sports and Root Sports. I mean, I'm a Rockets fan. I used to have season tickets, but I'm telling you right now, they're just not a good product. And you know what? I'm going to tend my time, spend my time on March Madness and listening to and watching as much college basketball as I can. It's coming up, man. March Madness, best time of the year. Um, I'm a little disappointed. All the people I get in on brackets with aren't doing them this year. Speaking of brackets, I'm just going to tell you right now, I love crawfish coming out in March here on Houston Hollow. <laughs> Sweet 16 of places to eat crawfish. We're going north side, south side, oh, west side, and we're going to have four seeds in the east side, which is going to be Baytown to Beaumont. So I'm really excited to release on our social media at Holla Houston on Twitter and Houston Holla, both up right now. That one is on Facebook our sweet 16 of crawfish. Are you a crawfish guy? This will be fun because I don't eat crawfish, man. I'll let you eat them all and I'll watch. And, and, and we, can, <laughs> we can judge this based on your facial expression, uh, size, price, spice. You know, the funny thing about crawfish is even though I don't eat them, I've never heard anybody say, man, that was the perfect crawfish. Someone's always complaining about the size. Those are too expensive per pound. Those are too spicy or not spicy enough. So I guess the goal here is going to be to find the perfect crawfish size spice and price i think it's just like any other food man you just got to sit back and enjoy it for what it is and what it brings to the table every place has a different spice a different flavor and a different way of cooking them so yeah i think we're definitely going to call this uh, segment size price and spice i, th I think I i'm onto something there when it comes to crawfish joey size matters that's all i gotta <laughs> say size matters all right so college basketball houston cougars right here in town Slipping up, you're a big Coug fan, and they lost to Wichita State, bounced back against Cincinnati. They're 12-3 and in the American. The net rankings still has them in the top six at number six. Um, they're trying to lock down one of those top 16 national seeds, which kind of gives you a little bit of immunity. Um, their goal right now is to not be in the same bracket region as Gonzaga or Baylor 
which gives everybody outside of Gonzaga Baylor a great chance at reaching the Final Four. Big moment for the Cougs, I think. Even though they lost to Wichita State the other night, their three losses are Tulsa, East Carolina, and Wichita State last weekend. All unacceptable losses, by the way, especially for a team that has cracked the top five <laughs> twice so far. You're, com- you're coming down on Coach Sampson and the boys. They did get back Fabian White, okay? He's a big man inside. Uh, he almost had a double-double against Cincy at 10 points, nine rebounds. Uh, the Atascacita prospect, excuse me, product is a big inside presence with Gorman. I mean, they're a team that crashes the boards. They are old man basketball. They're the guy at the rec league that nobody wants to step on the court with because he's going to throw an elbow, he's going to give you a gut punch, and he's going to check you in the paint every single time. You know, I think that's the heart and soul of this team. I think the tallest player on their roster is probably six foot seven. but these guys come out and they just they play harder than you. And that's why they are where they are right now. They don't win with their size. They, they win with their heart. They play with their heart, and they are – going to wear you down they're going to throw elbows they're going to crash the boards if you're getting out rebounded by a team whose center is six foot seven you ain't playing hard enough man and that's what you get when you're when you're playing the houston cougars you step on the hardwood with the cougars you better uh you better lace up man because they're going to go full throttle i think it's easy to say that nobody's going to blow out this team um it would be interesting to see how they would match up against a michigan or a florida state with scotty barnes who i mentioned earlier uh, even in Ohio State or in Illinois as well. I mean, there's a lot of good teams in the Big Ten and the Big 12 and then a couple of runners in the SEC. But I think if you throw U of H in the SEC, they probably would have had a decent season this year, probably could have finished in that top three just because of that physical play and the way they get after it on defense too. I think they have one of the top five defenses as far as uh, oh, yeah. allowing points. Man, you said uh, you said a bad word, man. You said Michigan. My heart's still broken from that buzzer beater a few years ago, so I would love to see them match up with Michigan again. Sweet yeah. 16, maybe. A- after yeah. Michigan beat you know Ohio State the other day, I think they're locked in as one of the other top four national seeds. Um, the, fit, the fourth one will be up for grabs, uh, likely, in my opinion, to be another Big Ten team. We're looking at either Ohio State or Illinois. Who knows, maybe in the Big Ten tournament, Iowa comes in and – snatches that fourth national seed up. I don't know. U of H has a definite chance to make it to the second weekend. Um, If they're out of the round of 32, it'll be definitely disappointing for the city of Houston. But I think their eyes are set. I think their goals are going to be met. And I don't see U of H losing another game here in February, running through the conference, excuse me, American Conference Tournament, and potentially showing up and getting that chance one win away from the Final Four. We'll see. We'll see, man. Right now we're seated. Uh, we're, we're ranked number 12, seated in the three seed in our bracket. Uh, I, I do think the fourth seed's going to go to Ohio State. I think they, I think this last loss, though, was, you know, Kelvin Sampson, he's a very emotional, passionate coach. I think he gets the best out of his players. I don't see them losing another game here in February, so I think they'll finish strong. Uh, they just be better be ready to play, man, because they're going to fall into, into the corner of the bracket that they're in, and they're going to have some tough matchups, man. Three or 4,000 fans up there in Wichita for that game. I think U of H had like a 9- or 10-point lead in the second half, and then the shocks got hot. They couldn't miss. ETN went off, and... Next thing you know, they're down 10. They just lost the game by a few points. So hey, they made teams a good, get hot. They made a good run in the last three minutes, man. They came back to within, I think it was one or two points. Uh, you got Dejan Giroux at the line. 
with free throws to tie the game. He misses the second one. Uh, Kelvin Sampson goes absolutely ballistic, by the way. I almost spilled my drink. I was very <laughs> upset. I love Dejan Giroux, by the way. He is my favorite player. He is my favorite Cougars basketball player. I've always loved that kid. I think he has a bright future. Giroux, the slasher and the dasher in the paint. Man, he's just got such an all-around unique just game all around, man. Uh, I, I just love watching him play basketball. So as the Cougs make shots and get defensive stops, you know, they're not going to be flashy. They're not going to be beating people by 25 in March. But any night of the week, they can beat anybody in the nation. Hopefully, we get to see a Final Four matchup against Gonzaga or Baylor for U of H. We shall see. Another team right across town over at Rice University. Just want to give them a shout-out. They're actually, get this, 13-2 overall. They lost their second game of the season this past weekend in a back-to-back doubleheader in Conference USA. They play on Friday, Saturdays. That's how they're scheduling all their games. They lost to Marshall. Their other loss is to Texas A&M, who, of course, is a top-10 women's program in the nation. I know you love you some A&M. <laughs> Not so much, man. I like Jimbo, but as far as A&M baseball goes and A&M basketball is just terrible. I'm an M-I-Z-Z-O-U, SEC East kind of guy if, for all those out there who don't know me that well. Nancy Mulkey, 6'8", center, post player, WNBA career, maybe. Maybe she'll use that Rice degree and go make a lot more money than you're going to make in the WNBA. She is a Cy Woods alum, and she's one of 10 finalists selected this week for the NCAA's Senior Class Award, which goes out to one of the top female athletes in all of collegiate athletics. So congratulations to her. And Rice on the outside looking into the top 25, but they're hoping to make a run through the Conference USA tournament. Like I said, they're currently 9-1. They are in first place. And hopefully the Owls get in to the big dance and make some noise. Shout out to Rice Women's Basketball. They've played great over the last uh, couple weeks here, especially. Uh, I think this young lady has a bright future. She definitely has a WNBA career in front of her. I haven't seen her play too many games, but just based on all the research I've done and uh, just reading about uh, what she brings to the table, uh, you know, I definitely think that she has a bright future. Yeah, like many other teams, you know, like the Baylor men's program, Rice stagnant for a couple of weeks because of that COVID looking to keep it rolling here down the stretch moving on spring training opened up this past week over in the beautiful state of Florida and the only reason why I call it beautiful is because they were the only state in the union that didn't have 35 degree temperatures and ice hanging from power lines (laughs) this past week Man, what do you I, think? I, what do you I, think? Are I, you pumped for the Astros I'm since s- your Texans are blowing it with Watson? <laughs> your Rockets are trying to become one of the top four losers in the NBA? They're trying to become the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ooh, rough. Hopefully not for more than another three or four months. But the Astros do bring hope to the city. Man, I can smell it from here. I'm ready to smell the grass and hear the bats crack, man. I love spring training. It's my favorite time of the year. Um, I cannot wait to go sit in Minute Maid Park and watch a baseball game. I... I walked into Kroger the other day and I smelled something and I was like, hold on. I, I know this smell. It's a familiar smell. It was the hot dogs in the deli. Gotta love and, those hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dome I, dogs, baby. I, I'm looking forward to spring training. Uh, obviously, the Astros came off of a heartbreak in the playoffs last season. Uh, if we're talking traditional baseball season, they probably didn't deserve to be there in the first place. They had a horrible regular season, but they came alive when it mattered. Um, 
there's a few question marks surrounding our Astros baseball team this season. Mainly, it's going to be our bullpen. We've got a young bullpen. Uh, the three, four, five spots in the starting rotation are up for grabs. I think our starting rotation is going to be Zach Greinke, Lance McCullers, Framber Valdez, Jose Urquidy, and Christian Javier will get that fifth spot. Much deserved. Uh, he overperformed more than anybody could have asked for in the playoffs last season. So I think he'll get that fifth spot. And we've got a lot of young guys and new guys in our bullpen that are just going to have to step up when it matters, man, because that's going to be our biggest question mark. So you mentioned to me, as we were just chatting the past couple of days, that you think Javier may have overperformed, maybe the same with Fromber. Do you think they'll have that same level of, I got to go out, I got to get it, I got to prove myself here at the show? Do you think now that there's a little bit of tape on them, some other teams in the AL West might figure them out and maybe get some good at-bats off of them? Or do you think they've got the stuff out there on the bump to continue to be three and four starters for this Houston baseball team? Uh, so they both bring different talents to the table. Fromber's uh, a lefty, and he's got one of the nastiest breaking balls in the game. I think, uh, I, think I saw a stat, uh, top five spin rates in the game, and his breaking ball is like number three or four in the entire MLB. Uh, so working with Brent Strom, uh, getting those rotations on the ball matters. Christian Javier, he brings the heat. Uh, he, he's got that three-quarters release. You, someone's throwing at you 98 miles an hour from that three-quarters. It's going to be hard to hit the ball. Uh, now, individually, individually, these guys both performed great. Uh, when, I'm, when I say overperformed, I'm talking about the young pitching staff as a whole. We had nine or ten rookies uh, on our pitching staff last season. And just the way that they came into the playoffs and every single one of them stepped up, time after time after time and I honestly can't remember ever seeing anything like that as a whole in baseball ever uh I'm in my life as far as a pitching rotation so we'll see what happens man I think these guys are both talented I think they both have earned the spots that they're going to have in the rotation now let's just see if our bullpen and our starting rotation can collectively perform the way they did last season okay are you worried about the production in the lineup you know I'm really interested to see Who's going to be atop the lineup? Do you think this is Jose Altuve's leadoff spot? Or do you think that they're going to shift around and try to experiment for the first few weeks of the season? I do think it will be Jose Altuve's spot. You know, Springer's gone. Uh, Miles Straw's probably going to get the – he's probably going to get the center field starting uh, role. Yeah, but he's nine hole for sure. Yeah, he's, he's nine hole. I think they'll have uh, Machete in the eight hole. And we brought Jason Castro back. I don't – for the life of me – I guess, I guess it's great to have more veteran help there. And remember, Astros fans, <clears throat> seven years ago, Jason Castro was our only all-star. Um, <laughs> oh, the times change. Oh, the times change, for sure. Yes, I think it will be Jose Altuve's leadoff spot. Um, Jordan Alvarez, from, from what I'm reading, he should be healthy. Carlos Correa said he looked sexy yesterday in spring training with the bat, so... <laughs> We'll see what happens, man. Uh, I am worried a little bit about the production uh, in our six, seven, eight, nine spots. Uh, Alvarez is obviously going to be hitting cleanup. Yuli Gurriel, that's somebody I want to talk about really quick. Number 10, one of my favorite players, La Pina. He hit 172 
uh, going into the end stretch of the season and in the playoffs. In the playoffs, I think he went like five for 44. I've never seen the guy hit that bad before, and it came at the worst possible time. Uh, so I think Michael Brantley is probably going to have uh, – Probably in that two spot behind Altuve. Probably in that two spot behind Altuve. Then we'll have Bregman. Of course. Bregman, Correa, uh, Alvarez. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll still have uh, Ledmus Diaz out there filling in that utility spot, and he definitely has not filled that Marwin Gonzalez role they paid him. Uh, to fill so hopefully he can stay healthy health has been a big issue for him but he brings some power and some solid contact to the table when he's healthy yeah Aledmus Diaz's best friend is the short porch in left field <laughs> trust me he's a pop-up machine yeah. but he's got a good glove too so whenever a guy needs a night off or he maybe a week play off he anywhere can play anywhere in the infield. anywhere in the infield anywhere in the outfield and it's great to have a talent like that on your bench when you need it okay just for future reference ladies and gentlemen I am an American League Houston Astros fan. I'm not a fanboy like my boy Joey over here across from me. <laughs> <laughs> but he's passionate. He is so passionate about the Astros like I know probably 7 million people are. You know, everybody comes in from the Midwest, their baseball teams stink. Pittsburgh stinks. Detroit stinks. Cleveland's all right, right? And they, yeah, eh, whatever. It's all right, man. We love the 17ers, They come down here too. and they adopt the Astros. They go by the T-shirts. They go by the ball caps at Academy. And they are Astros fans because Minute Maid Ballpark is one of the best ballparks, if not the best ballpark, to catch a game in all of Major League Baseball. It's beautiful, man. There's not a bad seat in that place. And, you know, I constantly see these worst ballparks in America lists every year. And Minute Maid's like top five. And I just don't understand because I have been to a lot of other Major League ballparks. And Minute Maid just goes above so, and beyond. So, so what's your top three? And, and give me the reason why. Maybe it's food. Uh, food, I have been to Dodger Stadium, and even though, I mean, even though I've been to high school stadiums that are nicer than Dodger Stadium, their food just blows it out of the ballpark, man. Uh, Literally. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Uh, you won't find better food anywhere. Uh, I caught a game up in San Francisco. See, I'm going to say San Francisco's got to be top ranked for it's me. It's gorgeous, man. It's and gorgeous. the Gilroy garlic fries yeah. out in left field. I mean, the whole place yeah. smells like garlic. You can't beat a garlic-smelling left field. No, nah, it's awesome, man. That's Bleacher probably seat, matinee. The history there, uh, the field, the the area, oh, it's the water, just all the beautiful. Cove. The water's right, right there, Cove. man. The cove is freaking awesome. Cully Cove's Cully Cove is beautiful. Then I gotta give Minute Maid uh, number three, you know, because it's my home, and I, I just love that ballpark. There's not a bad seat there. It's always clean, uh, and it's just a beautiful place to catch a baseball game. My number one, of course, Bush Stadium. I am a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Don't hate me, H-Town. Don't hate me. It's uh, a long story for why I am a Cardinals fan. But you my know, father raised me a St. Louis Cardinals fan. But he also, to this day, loves watching the Astros, loves watching the rotations that they've had over the years pitch. He's a very defensive and pitching-centric man. And now he taught me to love the game of baseball. And I just never fall for the Astros. I root for them, but I don't go out and buy the t-shirts. You know, I didn't cry over the Lost World Series and didn't cry when they won a World Series. I was thumbs up, happy. Let's go Astros. My team was not in the World Series, yeah, so it was that's, easy to root for them. That's why. That's why. Yeah. What? Oh, by the way, uh, I'm not a t-shirt fan. No, though. no, it's all good. I'm just I, telling I, you. Uh, yeah. I got mad. I got mad when Drake McLean didn't re-sign Derek Bell and gave a crappy contract offer to randy johnson after the one what the three-month rental 
Was that back in 97, 98? Yeah, that was a terrible move. I miss Derek Bell, by the way. He used to be one of my favorite players. Oh, I loved watching I loved, Derek Bell I loved play. watching Derek Bell hit we the ball. We used to go man. sneak in down that right field line just to watch the way he played outfield and the way he was so attentive and on his toes. And, of course, he had that sweet DB swing. By the way, according to NASA, Albert Pujols' ball finally landed. <laughs> it took 16 years, but it finally landed on the moon. All right, let's wrap up with something real fun here. Speaking of Albert Pujols, you know, as a fan of the Cardinals back when he signed with the Angels, I thought that was the most ridiculous contract in the history of sports. Let's just touch real quick on the man who is Fernando Tatis Jr. 14 years, $340 million. He's 22 years old. What do you think about that? Is that going to hold up? When that guy is 36 years old, he's still going to be making – 25 million a year you know call me crazy here i think that he got way underpaid obviously okay. he got 340 mil the big numbers out there on the front lines but giving himself 24 and a half a season for what this kid is going to be because he is going to be great i saw that number and i was like man he's getting underpaid <laughs> $340 million, and I'm saying he's underpaid. That's a little ridiculous. It's for the length of the contract, though, and uh, he's obviously going to get some big endorsements, but I think he could have gotten a little more out of that, man. You know, it's a huge uphill climb for the Padres out there. Um, That's going to be one of my favorite the battles Do to the, watch. The Dodgers are nothing but the left coast Yankees. I mean, they're spending all of the money on the books. I mean, it's unreal what their payroll is this year. And it started with Mookie Betts, and it just continues. I mean, I think they just – didn't they just bring in um, the pitcher, Trevor Bauer? Oh, yeah, Trevor Bauer. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, like the kid or not, like his antics or not, he uh, much deserves Cy Young winner in that starting five rotation. I think there's four Cy Youngs. And yeah, the rich get richer. It's crazy, man. They are the left coast Yankees. Uh, but this Dodgers-Padres battle all season is one of the things I'm looking forward to the most. It is going to be so fun. Padres are on the rise. Dodgers are a powerhouse, and that's just going to be a great battle to watch all season. I'm pulling for the Padres, yeah, by the way. It'll be great to watch those games on ESPN every night because my MLB app won't let me watch the Astros. And because I have Hulu, I still can't watch the Astros. So... You know, maybe that's another bitter reason why I'm not an Astros fan. No, I'm just kidding. That's amazing to me. How can you pay $69 a year or whatever it is, $100 a year for the MLB app, and you can't watch games in your city unless the team is playing out of town? That's well, ridiculous. Man, it, it is ridiculous, but at least, at least they moved off this Comcast contract that they had. A few years back, you could not watch an Astros or a Rockets game unless you had a Comcast contract, and I thought that was a little ridiculous too. But we're going to wrap this up. Yeah. H-Town. Uh want to give you a reminder, go check out our Twitter page, at Holla Houston, all right? It's also Houston Holla on Facebook. You can reach out to us if you want to promote a local athlete, whether it's a prep star, a college star, someone who is from Houston that maybe they're doing big things in a college town, whether it's in their community or on the field or on the courts, somewhere across the nation, a small college or whatever, we want to know who those people are. We want to highlight them on our social media pages and give them shout-outs and try to track them down, too. Maybe do some phone interviews with them and feature them on our show. I love to tell people we're covering everybody from Schulenburg to the Sabine River, prep stars included. We're going to have a lot of inclusion on the city of athletes, as I love to call Houston, Texas. You can email us with those options and those player names at Hala. Excuse me, it's Houston Holla Sports at gmail 
gmail.com. That's Houston Sports at gmail.com. We're going to try to put out two or three of these every single week for you to listen to. Joey, uh, tell our folks, you know, remind them to spread the word and where they can find this podcast. Uh, you will be able to find our podcast on Apple Music, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and we're going to try and get out there on Pandora also, guys. So you will be able to find these podcasts on those hosts, and we're going to get them out to you as soon as possible. I'm going to try and get this first episode out tonight. And I want to wrap this up by saying, remember, guys, just because the storm's over, a lot of people are going to be affected for weeks, maybe months. Continue checking on your neighbors. Continue being great Houstonians because that's what this city is all about. We love you guys. Uh, just keep checking on your neighbors. All right. Great message there. High school basketball playoffs in full swing for the girls and the boys. I'm going to touch on some of that here during our next podcast. Thanks for joining us. He's Joey Wyatt. I'm Lance Edwards. We're in our makeshift Wild Wing Cafe studio out here in Katy, Texas. We appreciate you, Houston. Keep hollering and rooting for your teams. Hello!